Welcome to Punk Rock Personal Development, a podcast about getting your shit together and creating a life you love. I'm your host, Sarah Stars, and every week I speak to inspiring badasses about the nitty-gritty of how they live with passion and purpose. My guests and I might embrace a bit of woo-woo every now and again, but we also get really honest about what it takes to grapple with your demons, transform your life, truly accept yourself, and strike out in the direction of your dreams. Because personal development only works if you do. That's what's so punk rock about it. Hello, and welcome to Punk Rock Personal Development, Episode 3. You can find the show notes for this episode at Sarah Stars. That's S-T-A-R-R-S, sarahstars.com slash podcast slash zero three. I'm really excited for you to listen to today's episode. It's full of some really exciting, actionable content that I think you're really going to love, and I found it really inspiring. But before I officially introduce today's guest and dive into the interview, I want to tell you about something that I'm obsessed with that's making my life better. Those are my homemade prayer candles, which I admit sounds a little bit wacky, but I bought two tall glass pillar candles and I collaged the outside with pictures of badass women and inspiring words and fun imagery. I've studded them with sequins and covered them in glitter and they've become a really fun part of my daily practice. Lighting them every day when I sit down to write in my journal or meditate or just spend some time reflecting on what I've been up to, really brings a sense of devotion and sacredness and ritual to my daily practice. And since I don't subscribe to any particular religion, I'm sending my prayers and intentions out to the divine feminine, to the badasses of the world, and to my own wild spirit. I really, really love it. Okay, So I was really lucky and today got to interview Mariah Cause, the lady boss behind Femtrepreneur. She helps women build profitable blogs and businesses that are built around their passions. So in this episode, we talk a lot about business, which might seem weird for a personal development podcast, but bear with me because when you're in a job that you hate, when you're not doing something that's aligned with your passions... It takes a toll on your sense of self, and it can really start to suck the life out of you. Deciding to choose yourself and to go after your passions and really build something that supports the life you love is an act of personal development. It will add more joy to your life. But even if you don't want to build your own business, there's a lot for you to sink your teeth into in this episode. We talk about so many things, including monetizing your passions, building a business that supports the lifestyle you want, how to get more done, and why having less stuff can make your life better. Here she is. Hi, Mariah. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. It's so exciting to be chatting with you voice to voice or whatever for the first time after, you know, (laughs) many months of um, chatting online and I've been taking your course, your first 1K. So this is really exciting. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. So I'd love to get started by just having you share a bit of your story for anyone who doesn't know you. Who are you and what do you do? Okay, so my name is Mariah and um, I have a blog and business at femtrepreneur.co. 
Um, for I've been self-employed and I guess entrepreneuring for the last seven years. Uh, I started with an Etsy business. I had a vintage clothing store. Um, I had a design business. I had a blog. Um, I was selling consulting and services at one point. I've kind of done it all. I've kind of done all sorts of different things and then finally started making um, online courses and online digital products and programs and things like that. Um, and obviously I figured out that that's the best way to do this kind of stuff. Um, you know, after doing physical products and service-based businesses and, um, on, you know, in-person workshops and I did a lot of teaching, um, classes in person. And so I had a lot of curriculum, but, um, I realized that sort of teaching online was kind of the sweet spot of making money and having fun like that. So, yeah. That's amazing. And, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background because am I correct in thinking that your um, your degrees are actually related to business? So how did you kind of make that leap into entrepreneurship? Oh yeah, that's a good question. So I have a degree in sustainable design build, um, which is basically like uh, an offshoot of architecture. So I started an architecture program and then kind of found like, imagine like what the punk rock of architecture would be. And that's like design build. That's like where all the weirdos go to like build their like crazy, you know, houses that don't make any sense and just like break all the rules. Um, so that's kind of like what, that's what I have a degree in. Um, and then actually I was, I went to a really non-traditional school. So I went to, um, a non-residential um, college that you basically went there for like one week out of the year. And it was kind of like a retreat, you know, you do like yoga workshops and, you know, meditation and kind of hang out with everybody for a week. And then everyone would go and do their own studies. Um, you know, you had to travel or you had to, you know, come up with your own curriculum or do some sort of like big life experiences. Um, so during that time I did start studying business as well. So I was kind of doing, um, you know, finishing up learning about design build um, in in Vermont, which is like kind of the the birthplace of that movement. And then um, and then I started getting into the business side and I started taking like business courses for, you know, people who want to start construction businesses because that's what I thought I was going to do. Um, yeah, but then it sort of turned into, oh, I can translate this business stuff into the, you know, Etsy shop or, oh, and then I can translate this into like my online presence and stuff like that. So yeah, I kind of did a little bit of business at the end of my college, um, studies, but not so, so much, but yeah, I mean, I did a lot of things in college. Yeah. <laughs> a lot I think of it's just so important to translate how much, you know, you've, you've got all these transferable skills and you've built so many different businesses out of them because I think often people when they want to pursue their passion and they realize they're stuck in something they don't love they kind of feel stuck and like they have to start all over again but you really show that you can actually head in a new direction and still apply what you've been doing and learning all the way through yeah I think that's a that's an important part of it and I think that the other thing a lot of people do is say oh but I have so many so many things I want to do or I have so many passions or so many ideas and they they for some reason don't you know, they think that they can only choose one or that they have to, you know, that the one business they build will be the only business they ever build. And that definitely hasn't been the case. Like I've run six different businesses in the past. I'm running three, you know, functioning businesses right now. It's not, you don't have to just 
pick one thing. Yes, you have to have a niche and you have to be really specific with each business. Do not, do not, do not try to mash all your stuff together into one thing that will look terrible. Um, but really niche down and you can have multiple businesses and you can be a serial entrepreneur and you can have, you know, do something for two years and be like, man, I'm so not into this anymore and then stop and do something else. So in the same way that people feel like they have to start over, so many people feel like, oh, this is you know, some sort of final decision that they have to make. And then they make the mistake of trying to just jam everything they want to do into one business. And that doesn't doesn't work. Yes, totally. So let's go down that rabbit hole a little bit for someone who knows that they want to do their own thing and start a passion based businesses. But they're like, I'm obsessed with vegan food and vintage fashion and polka dots and making things with wood. <laughs> and you know, like, how do you go from that? I have so many passions to coming up with a profitable business idea. That's a good idea. So what I did was just write down all the different ideas. I I have an ebook called Find Your Niche and it's it's just my process. Like it's just a workbook that I go through all the time. Like I have a very specific criteria. I had all this stuff that I would kind of put together and I would just write down this list of how could I add a skill that I had to a passion that I had? How could I combine two passions into something new or, or unique? Or how could I combine a skill with an for an audience and make it very specific? So I kind of just do like a big mix and match. And then when you do that, you will you will notice that some things jump out to you more than others. Like if you have 30 things on your list and you mix and match and there's all this these crazy ideas, you're going to see that some of them jump out as probably more, you know, uh, maybe more realistic than the other ones or, you know, oh, that sounds like there's a market for that more than, you know, this other weird thing that's more of a very obscure hobby or something like that. Um, and then you just really need to go out and test it. I mean, you just need to go out and be like, okay, if I start talking about this on the internet, does anyone care? Or like, if they don't, then like, that's okay. You can do something different or, you know, you can always pivot and you can always like, you know, evolve. I mean, that's like a big thing is that businesses evolve and like people just, I don't know. Yeah. My businesses are always changing. <laughs> like Femtrepreneur is not what it was six months ago. <laughs> I so I think. That. Oh, sorry. Go on. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, I worked through ahead. that ebook, and it was immensely helpful for me to kind of go like to to tr start transitioning my business. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes because I would highly recommend it for anyone who's kind of very much in the brainstorming phase. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's definitely like um, it can feel like oh, I have all this stuff. How will I ever make it work? But you just have to pick one and realize that you you don't have to feel like you're stuck in that forever. But you do need to start with just one thing. Yeah, and so I think that um, kind of building a, a business around your passions is, can have a huge impact on your personal development because if you feel stuck in a day job that you hate, you know, you're kind of stagnating there. Um, so for someone who has maybe gone through this process, they've come up with a viable idea that they're really excited about, what are some things that they could start doing this week? So just really simple things that they could uh, do to start making that dream of starting a business reality and get the hell out of the day job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I would just make sure I just need you need to start building your audience. And what I mean by that is, you know, your audience is a broad term, but specifically building your email list. Um, and if you can start building your email list, you don't need a big established website, you can literally start building your email list and building up your business with a one page website 
with an opt-in for people to sign up if they want more, um, give them something small and free to begin with. And then from there, you can sort of build on that. Okay, so these people are signing up and then maybe you send them a survey and you say, oh, what do you want to know more about this topic? And then all of a sudden you have like, you know, ideas brewing about um, what your products could be about. You don't have to like, I think people just overcomplicate this, like building an online business thing where it literally could be like you have a one page website, you have an opt in, you do webinars and then you build a product. So you don't have to blog every day. You don't have to like have a YouTube channel and have Instagram and have Facebook. Like I don't have those things. You know what I mean? Like it's um, it's just like simpler than it than it then people make it out to be. So I think that if you were going to do something in the next seven days, I would, you know, set up a landing page, come up with a really specific, like, call to action, like a really specific, what's your headline? You know, what's your hook? What's the one thing that you help people do? You can build an entire business on one single result. So what is your one result? Is it, you know, I can show you how to lose 10 pounds on the paleo diet, or, you know, I can make it so that you're excited about, getting dressed in the morning because I'm a personal stylist or like what is that like one headline or hook that people are going to see that's going to draw them in and then you can just build a whole business around that and it doesn't have to be super complicated in terms of making money in seven days um, I would do something like a live virtual training or a live virtual workshop um, and charge for that or just do it for free and then sell the recordings which I've had a lot of success with um, so yeah, there's kind of two different things starting your starting up your business versus like making money in seven days, I guess two different questions, but Oh, that's really refreshing though because I think that's true all of the advice seems to be do more do more do more and it's really overwhelming for people to try and to try and get started that way. Yeah. So definitely. what about for people who have the opposite problem and they're just feeling really out of touch and they aren't sure what their passions are? Do you have any suggestions for how to get in touch with that part of themselves? Mm. Yeah, it's hard because I never felt like that. <laughs> I never felt like, oh, what what should I do? I was always, I mean, this is like the reason I went to, I went to all throughout my life, all as a kid, um, I went to super progressive school where at four years old, I was designing my own curriculum and like putting together my own lesson plans and stuff. So to me, that's been what I've been doing in school since I was four. And that's the school I went to all throughout, you know, middle high school and then going to college, the same thing. I just, you know, I just want to be 100% autonomous and I want to be in charge of everything. Um, so I'm definitely one of those like hyper self-disciplined, like the most self-motivated person um, you'll ever meet. So it's hard for me to think, oh, how, what would it be like to, what would it be like to wake up and not be like, oh my God, I have 50 things that I need and want to do today. Um, so it's hard for me to talk about that. But I think, I think the main thing is just realizing that like your hobbies and your interests are business material. And you're just going to be like, oh, but you know, I'm really into this thing, but that's just what I do on the weekends. Like no one would pay for that, but you'd be so surprised what people pay for. It's ridiculous. It will shock you what people will pay for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we might so, think it's yeah. really obvious, but if someone's trying to get into what your hobby is, I guess it's not as obvious. Yeah, totally. I mean, something that's the other like big lesson is just realizing over time that like, oh, what you think is common knowledge is not common knowledge. Like whatever you think as like the simplest, dumbest thing is like just info that someone else needs. I mean, there's 
there's so many things that you think, oh, well, everyone could do this. That's so easy. But someone who's not into it yet, they don't know. So you're really just, um, I mean, any one of your experiences. One thing that I like to say, um, if you really don't know where to start, and you really don't know, you know, you're in that place where you don't feel like you have no ideas, is to choose a transformation that you've been through. Um, and that can be a personal transformation. It can be a physical transformation. Um, it could be something that you trained for. It's any sort of transformation. Think about where you were two years ago and where you are today. And if you've been through any sort of transformation, how can you guide others through that? And you can guide others through that with coaching. You can guide others through that with um you know, a course or, or training or education, how can you guide someone else through that transformation that you've experienced? Um, it doesn't have to be this like super sexy, you know, thing. It can just be this really simple thing of like, man, I used to feel like this, but now I feel better. Or like, I used to have this problem, but then I did this and I dealt with it, you know, <laughs> like that, yeah. that can help. Yeah, that's such a good way yeah. to look at it. So I would love to hear about a typical day in your life if there is one. Do you have any rituals or routines that help you be productive and make time for self-care? Well, I have rituals because I have obsessive compulsive disorder. So, um, but in terms of good rituals, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a crazy person. I do, I do not, do not have like, I don't really do like meditation. I don't do. Like, those types of things. I just have, like, I wake up in the morning and I have coffee and then I just start working. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess, like, I have, like, a really specific eating routine. Like, I don't, I don't eat any sugar and I don't eat any carbs and I don't eat any, like, you know, rice or grains or anything like that. And most, and I don't eat any, like, you know, sugar or anything. But that's not, not because I'm on a diet. It's because that stuff makes it really hard for me to focus. And when my business became um, much bigger, it just became like I couldn't afford to like, you know, eat a sandwich at lunch and then feel tired in the afternoon. So I have a very specific diet, I guess, that's in the name of staying focused and having energy. I'm currently working through that process of getting on a very specific diet to help me stay focused and also just to help me stay well. So what was that process like for you? Like, how did you discover what foods you couldn't, couldn't eat? And was it difficult to transition your diet? Um, yeah, it was. I think, like, I had never, I had never thought twice about that stuff um, before. And I think that for me, the hardest part was like, the, this is just like that like two week period where your body is like super addicted to all that bad stuff. Um, and once you, once I got through those first two weeks and it helped to do it with my boyfriend, like my partner. Um, but once I got through those first two weeks, it was like, oh my gosh, you actually feel so much better. And it was just like night and day. Like I had had problems all throughout college and, and all different periods in my life where I had just felt so like tired and like, you know, the doctors were like, eh, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, I don't know, but I just felt like crappy. And then, yeah, when it, when it became imperative that I like was on my game all day and I couldn't, you know, I had to figure that out. It really helped. Um, it really helped to make that transition. And what I'm doing is just like, it's just called the slow carb diet. So, um, I just do it based on like the, the four hour body book. So 
Okay, and so how did you realize that it was your diet you really needed to take, to take care of to start feeling better? Um, I don't know. I think I think that honestly, it was just like my partner being like, "Hey, let's do this instead," and then me realize it. It was like one of those things that you don't know what's missing until. Like, you don't know how shitty you feel until you've seen the other side. Or, like, you don't know, like, that there's something better until you've been there. So I didn't really know that anything was wrong until two weeks later. You're like, holy shit, I have so much energy and I'm just, like, able to do so much. And, like, look at how, like, you know, how much I can do now and, like, how awesome I feel and everything. And then it makes it much easier to stick to it. Yeah, that's really fantastic. I'll definitely leave a link to that as well, just so people can check out the the slow carb diet if they're interested. Yeah. So in the personal development world, people talk a lot about playing small. And it seems like this year, anyone who's been watching you might say that you really decided you were not going to do that. You were ready to play with the big guns and you turned things up in your business like 500 notches. So what shifted in <laughs> your me. mindset that really allowed you to increase your impact and presence in such a large way this year? I think, I think, like you said, it is a decision. So one thing that I've, that I went through was being like, okay, it's a conscious decision to be like, I don't want to have a lifestyle business. Like I was making $20,000 a month completely passively. I wasn't working. I was just traveling. I was just you know, like having a good, you know, good old time doing whatever the fuck I wanted. Um, and after a while, I was just like, well, I could just keep doing this and like nothing will change and the money will keep coming in and all that. Or I could scale and I could, you know, not just have this like you know, four hour work week type life and I could do something bigger and I could do something better and I could help more people. But it requires a super focused and intentional decision. And it was a really hard decision to make because I had, you know, I had a good thing going. Like most people would kill to get to that point where they're making six figures doing nothing. But it, it didn't like feel good to me. It didn't feel like I was like making a good use of like my life or like I was doing the things that I should be doing. And I don't know. And I just, and also it just becomes like a fun game where you're like, okay, I'm going to get to the next level and the next level and the next level. And it kind of becomes like a video game that you're always like beating. And it's really hard to stop once you start doing that. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it just started with a very like intentional decision to be like, well, I could just, you know, keep doing what I'm doing and be a small fish, or I could, potentially take over the world and I, I you know it's kind of one of those things where you're like if I don't try then I'll always wonder you know I'll always wonder if I like could have grown you know a million dollar company or I'll always wonder if like I could have done that or I could have done that and now I don't have to wonder because I'm doing it so how did you kind of overcome any internal resistance and obstacles that you faced to make that shift oh right right yeah see that's one of that's another one of those things that people deal with that I don't have. <laughs> I don't have like I don't have confidence issues. I don't have like focus issues. Like so many people, so many people are stressed out by the idea of doing something, but my whole life I've always felt super stressed out by the thing not being done. Like so many people procrastinate and are like Oh, I'm stressed out that like I that I have to do this thing or or they just put things off or they don't take action. I'm like allergic to that. Like I'm like it's impossible for me to sit 
and not not do that stuff. Like it's hard. It's just it, I would just like, you know, become an anxiety ball and die. I have to be doing stuff. So um, so, yeah, for me, it was like not not hard to be like, you know, people hit those blocks. Oh, you don't have the confidence. Oh, you don't have the mindset. You don't have, you know, you don't have the focus. You don't have, you don't have the discipline you don't have the commitment, but I always just had those things. And a lot of those things come from being, you know, growing up in a super autonomous, like super independent, like my whole life. Like, I mean, when I was like, 10 years old, I was like sent into the woods for a week to like fend for myself. And like, you don't come out of something like that and then just be like, you know, oh, I don't know about, oh, I don't know about myself. I don't know if I'm good enough. Like, no, you just always feel like you can do anything. I mean, you really can. So, so yeah, that's something that like, I don't, I never had those like doubts. I never had that, um, you know, I never had that limiting feeling. Um, I also think that like people, people either see the big picture or they see the, the tiny things. And it's a very, it's like, it's, I'm very lucky to be in that like small cross section of people that can both see a giant vision and also see the exact steps that it takes to get there. Because a lot of people only see what's right in front of them, or they only see the big thing, but they have no clue how to get there. And, um, yeah, I feel like, I actually kind of figured out how to like, how to see both at the same time, I guess. Do you think there's anything that people can like either ask themselves or like, do you have any tips for kind of making that shift from breaking down the big picture and figuring out the steps you need to take to get there? Yeah, I think like breaking it down into, I mean, I do everything with like math. So if I'm like, well, I need to be here, you know, I want to be here by this time then I break it down into like, how many people do I need to be able, you know, how, how big of an audience do I need to be able to do this? Or, you know, how much can I scale one, one month at a time? Um, I don't know, I can kind of like break it down into like a numbers game. And if you can do that, it really starts to become manageable. It's kind of like when you see people say like, oh, if you want to make $10,000 a month, you only need to like, get 10 people to buy your $1,000 coaching package. You know what I mean? Like once you can break it down, it starts to become more manageable. And a lot of people just feel overwhelmed with the big idea. But um, but yeah, just try to look at like both the big picture and the small picture at the same time. They kind of overlap. So it's nice to be able to kind of see, okay, this is what I need to do tomorrow. And that's what I need to do 12 months from now and kind of be looking at those things on the same calendar. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. Um, so I know you said you're super focused and you've always been super focused, but you managed to keep a lot of balls in the air at, um, all at once and you've got an incredible amount of creative output coming out all the time. So do you have any strategies or systems or kind of tips you'd recommend to people uh, who, who are also ba- managing really busy schedules? Let's see. Um, I kind of have like multiple layers of like to-do lists. Like I have a master list. I have I have a combination of digital and paper stuff. Like it, it I need both. Um, I didn't used to, but now I feel like in order to get everything done, I really do need a digital calendar and a digital, um, you know, project management system and also paper too. So I have like 
four notebooks that are all for specific things. And I have a bunch of whiteboards and calendars and, you know, lots of stuff I can scribble on on the walls. And I can kind of plan things out that way. It really helps me to just have two or three main things that have to get done every day. So if you're like, oh, how do you get stuff done? Or, you know, productivity, I don't really know about productivity. But, um, but I do know that if you just write down two or three things every day and just only look at those two things, you can get those things done. And then all of a sudden you look back at your list and you're like, holy shit, I did so much. I mean, like, it's really important to like reflect back on your notebook or whatever you have and be like, wow, oh my God, I just did like 20 webinars in like two months. Like, that's amazing. You know what I mean? Because when you're doing it every day, you're just like fucking tired and like, you know, angry, but I don't know. It's nice to look back and be like, wow, I really did do all that stuff I wanted to do. Yeah. All those little steps are adding up into something really big over time. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, something that you were talking about earlier in terms of not overcomplicating things when you're getting started, um, really struck a chord with me. And it seems like minimalism is a big part of what you teach and how you live. Um, I know taking the, your first 1k course, you really ask us all to strip back your business to only what offers value and gets results. Um, and it seems like you really promote kind of doing away with any unnecessary things in the rest of your life as well. So could you tell yes, us Yes, I was bit? totally talking about that earlier. Oh, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I was well, can you talk about, about it a little bit more? Like, what does minimalism yeah. mean to you? I think, yeah, I'm trying to think of the conversation I was having earlier where I was like, just just do, just have the like the least amount of things in your business. Have like the least amount of like bullshit on your in your business. I mean, so many people just like do so much bullshit. I mean, like I can't even, I don't even know how people have time. I don't know why people continue to do things that don't work. Um, there's just so there's so much little minuscule things that don't matter. So one of the one of the questions that I ask myself every day, you know, I've, I have two priorities. Um, and if it doesn't help one of those priorities, I just don't do it. Um, and I also ask myself, oh, whenever I'm about to do something, does this 10x like does this 10x what I'm doing? Um, does this 10x my audience? Does this 10x my revenue? Um, does this 10x my impact? Like, is this a big important thing or is this just like a little bullshit thing? And then it's like either outsource it to your assistant or outsource it to someone or don't do it. I mean, that's the thing is like the world is not going to end if you don't do stuff. I'm all about like, how can you create the leanest and meanest business that's like the most effective with like the least bullshit and like the least amount of like just freaking frills and lace and blech like whatever people put on shit it's just like no you don't need all that you need two things you need an offer and you need a way for people to pay you it's so easy and how does that minimalist (laughs) philosophy does it trickle down into the rest of your life as well yeah I mean I've like I travel um I've traveled full-time for the last three years so I've traveled around the U.S. I've traveled overseas I've uh traveled like down like six month road trips. Um, I've traveled a lot, but it's also one of those things, like I said, when I made that very conscious decision in, you know, in this year, like you said of, oh, how did you kind of choose to like blow up? And it's like, well, when you make that conscious decision, I did like, you know, kind of say, oh, well, I'm not gonna, it's really hard to work on the road. Like people don't realize how fucking hard that is. So, um, so yeah, making that decision was also a decision to like 
be like, okay, when I travel now, I need to be in a place for two months. Like I need to go and rent, rent in a, a house or an apartment for two months and I can still travel and I have like that, you know, lifestyle flexibility, but I don't, you know, I, I, I can't just like live out of, you know, a van for six months like I would in the past because it's just like too, it's too hard to get anything done <laughs> living like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I guess you would say a minimalist. I don't really like, I don't like wear like black and gray, but I don't really have stuff. I just have like, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing is I don't really spend money. I just like invest in my business. Maybe I'm just going through a crazy phase where I, all I do is business, <laughs> but, um, but I'm really just like, okay, I'm just in a blank room, but with a shit ton of like, you know, audio and video equipment and a bunch of like the more computer screens than most people would know what to do with. Um, but yeah, I mean, it work, it works for me right now. I don't know if I'll do it forever, but yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. It's part of focus. I mean, that's the thing is like, it's, it's part of being focused mentally is just not having shit around you not having like just physical stuff is just garbage to me. So yeah. Amazing. And so, <laughs> um, one thing that I ask out every guest is what's one thing that you're obsessed with doing these days that's making your life better that maybe uh, we can all try or do ourselves? Hmm. Making my life better. Oh my gosh. You're like catching me at like the craziest time where I'm just like everything sucks and I'm busy every day. Um, let me think. Something that makes my life better. Um, I guess... I guess talking to people, I guess doing this, like talking, um, one thing that I started doing more, not because I wrote it, you know, wrote it down or, or something, but because, um, specifically doing webinars forced me to reach out to a bunch of people about doing them together and, um, talking to people on Skype, like every day, it keeps me sane and it makes me realize that like, I'm not just 100% alone you know, <laughs> just doing this like crazy thing and, you know, oh, are my goals way too big? Like, does this even make sense? Like, what am I doing? And now one of the things that I do is talk to talk to other business owners, um, have like Skype calls and mastermind meetings. And it's really helped me um, just help me feel less lonely and also help me kind of like build real relationships even outside of business stuff, which is kind of amazing. So how did you kind of start finding like-minded business owners and connecting with your tribe? Um, I like to call them the gang because I feel like that's a little more badass. <laughs> um, but I basically would, I just, I just like stalk people and I have like a, you know, I have like this like relationship map. Everyone know everyone says, oh, Mariah, she has that weird stalker map. So I have that and I put people into my stalker map and then I just pay attention to them and see what they're doing. And then I make comments about what they're doing. And then I retweet them. And then I talk to them on Twitter. And then I respond to their email newsletter. Um, and then I start talking to them. Um, and then I say, hey, do you want to do you want to do some, you know, a good pitch is that you can do some sort of collaboration that's very short. So that if you don't really like working with the other person, it's not a big deal. So my collaborations are webinars. So that's a really good thing of being like, hey, we can collaborate for a couple days 
and work towards this thing that benefits both of us and we're, you know, we're both going to make money. I mean, everyone loves you once you've like helped them make a bunch of money. Um, so, you know, if you can just kind of be like, oh, we're going to do this thing together. It's going to be short but intense of creating something like that. You know, pulling something off like that is like short but intense um, communication. And I think that's a really good way to get to know people. Um, I would say webinars are like the number one way that I like found these people and made friends with them because I actually, it was the first time that I had something to offer instead of just being like, Hey, I would love to connect more blank, like period, you know, it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. But it's like, Hey, let's do a webinar. And then like, you have a reason to talk to that person. Um, so yeah, that's really helped me. And just finding those people in general, I just kind of just look at their websites and who people are talking about and pay attention on Twitter. It's just everything about business is just paying, paying more attention than other people. All right. Well, I know you've got a blog post with that stalker map in it, so I'll make sure we link to that. But talking yes. about webinars leads uh, well into what other awesome things are you working on right now? Okay. So, um, one, so I guess when this comes out, um, it will be a few days before um, my live masterclass, Webinar Rockstar, um, goes goes live. Um, there's a live version, and then you'll still get like the recordings and the course materials after that as well. Um, but basically, Webinar Rockstar shows you how to promote and profit from your own webinars, and it's all based on my experiences and the experiences of the people that I've tested this on. So again, like everything I do, this is not ideas or bullshit or, you know, oh, I saw someone say this once. It's like, no, these are all of my case studies. You know, I've done 20 webinars in the last few months. Here's like the breakdown of every single one. Um, here's what works and here's what doesn't. Here's what leads the most sales. And like, you know, I've also helped a lot of other people put on their first webinars and have successful um, webinars like that. So I feel like, I feel like people hide behind their blog and they hide behind like their website or whatever. Um, and really the only way, as you asked before, how do you kind of like take your business to the next level and stop playing small is like you just stop being so nervous and you just like get out there and you just like show people your face moving and you show people your voice and you make jokes and talk, like just talk to people actually like talking to them as opposed to like, you know, just tweeting or whatever. So I feel like it's kind of this next next level engagement that if you're not doing webinars um, already, you really need to be. And, you know, it's just kind of like the next the next thing. You know what I mean? It's like engagement is like, yeah, it's not enough to just like write a blog post anymore. Sorry, but it's not. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll link to that too as well because I'm sure there are a lot of people who want to get more details um, since they'll have a couple of days left to register. Um, awesome. And as we wrap things up, where can we find you online? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you can find me at um, fabtrepreneur.co. That's my website. Um, I have a free email course called Build a Profitable Blog, which we'll link to in the show notes. Um, it's a really good place to start if you want to be like, hmm, is this lady insane or does she know what she's talking about? That would be a good place to find that out um, and see if, see if you like my style. Um, and yeah, on Twitter at Mariah cause C O Z that is me. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mariah. This episode is just jam packed, uh, with information for people who have maybe started a business or are looking to start monetizing their passions. So thank you so much.
Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Mariah is such a dynamo. And even if we don't all have her brazen confidence and incredible focus, she's offered so many insights into getting more done, finding a way to profit from your passions, and how we can all benefit from stripping back our lives a little bit. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a ratings and review on iTunes. This will allow me to keep getting incredible guests on the show and grow the podcast in exciting new ways. To check out the show notes from this episode, visit sarahstars.com slash podcast slash zero three. And I'd always love to hear from you. So please feel free to send me a tweet to at sarahstars underscore or drop by my website, sarahstars.com. I'm excited to say that next week I'll be interviewing Laura Jane Williams. Laura is the blogger behind Superlatively Rude. After being made redundant from her job last year, Laura decided to live the life she really wanted. Since then, she's moved to Russia, Bali, India, and now Rome. She works full-time as a writer and recently released an ebook called Brave Every Day. I love the way Laura shares her stories with courage and honesty, and her balls-to-the-wall approach to going after what she wants is absolutely inspiring. We'll be talking about how she began transforming her life, how to cultivate radical self-acceptance, and what it means to really love yourself. Until next time, do something to get your shit together and create a life you love.